Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Good morning to everyone here and welcome, welcome, welcome to Lifehouse. I'd love for everyone to kind of see a vision of you engaged, engaged in the work of God. Uh, It's the only thing that's going to justify uh, the sacrifice that Christ did at the cross. There's only one thing that'll justify is you, your life being connected to eternity. So here's God. He sent his own son. Jesus came voluntarily and he came to seek and to, to save that which was lost. He gave his life at at the cross of Calvary uh, so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, once you have everlasting life, a lot of us live for ourselves. We live selfishly. We we just look to maybe come to church and appease our conscience, and we want you to come to church, and we, we want you to engage in growing in knowledge of Christ Jesus. But the ultimate way to serve and honor the God that died on the cross is to serve him is to serve others. And I'd like to invite you to kind of explore that journey, uh, sign up for uh, Next Steps. Um, There are three classes that kind of lead you on the vision mission of the church. The next is to kind of know your own gifts, your own abilities, uh, and your own giftings and passions through a survey. And the third one is to kind of identify an area that aligns with your giftings and passions for you to serve for you to make a difference in somebody else's life and to make an eternal difference in your life and in your calling. And so I'd like for you to see a vision of a church that, that, that through your service, your life, your giving, uh, also has the capacity to give birth to new campuses. I'll say that again. So pray that this church has a healthy womb, that a healthy womb that has interactions with God uh, would create the impetus that just the movement uh, for God in different communities um, to allow us to birth, uh, to plant a new uh, life house. How many say amen? amen? What is that new life house going to do in that community, in that area, in that part of town, whether it's in Mexico, Tijuana, uh, there's a, a new birthing of a church in Guanajuato, uh, Guanajuato or Zacatecas, Zacatecas, and that is not speaking in tongues. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, just, just, just that. What are we going to do? Is, is lead thousands of people together? Uh, Tijuana, Coachella Valley, Wasco, Delano. Here we're going to be launching in two months. God willing, East Bakersfield. How many say Amen for a new campus? Come on, let's hear. Let's give God the glory. A new campus in East Bakersfield, and together is to lead thousands of people to know God. To know God, to a lot of them to, that have never had a saving uh, experience with Christ Jesus, and then to grow in community, to grow together in knowledge, and then to go, go and make a difference. Go serve, uh, go share your testimony, go make a difference together, together, together. This church cannot do it without you. I, we're not a perfect church, we, we have several weaknesses. We're trying to um, address those weaknesses by replacing all the assistant pastors and all the other helpers. Um, all those are open. All those positions are open except one, right? This, mine is the only position that is not available uh, for some of you that were thinking that way. Shame on you. Uh, but but, but just, 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 just to walk and to journey with us and, and that to know that your life, uh, your prayers, your contributions, your input, Uh, can make an eternal difference. Um, 
we're going to turn our attention to speak on the Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, no one can do this better than you. You are the agent. You are the third person of the Trinity. And Holy Spirit, you can cause our minds to be open this morning. You can cause every heart to be um, a stricken, to be convicted, every heart to be prepared, so that the Word of God, the Word, the Logos, the living Word, the Rima Word that is spoken by way of inspiration will find its place in a fertile, available heart, uh, that soil that says, I'm ready. Holy Spirit, minister and glorify the Father, glorify Christ the Jesus. That is one of your functions. That is one of your essential purposes is to glorify God, but to lead us to truth and understanding and new revelation. And I pray that you do that to the glory of God the Father and everyone in God's house says, amen and amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering and let's... Uh, in our other campuses, uh, we started last week a series called, uh, uh, you know, you've got, or you've got it, or you've got what it takes. I wanted to just do a little pause. Uh, Pastor Greg, thank you very much, Moses. How many enjoyed last week's message uh, on being tethered, right? Just, just the word of God. Just thank you, Brother Greg. I appreciate it. For those of you that were hurt, I'm here to help heal you. Uh, those that felt offended, took umbrage. Uh, I'm being facetious. Thank you, Pastor Greg. So, it, so you've got it. So you've got what? So if you're a, a believer, if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've opened your heart um, and your mind to having the Lord Jesus be Lord and be Savior, then you've got it. You've got what, Pastor? You've got the person and you've got the presence. Uh, you've got the power and through that power, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. I want to say that again. If you've come into a relationship, covenant relationship, if you've asked Jesus Christ to live in your heart, to, to be your Savior, uh, you were convicted of your sins in anywhere in, in your time past, and you've asked Jesus to live in your heart or to be your Savior, you've got it. You've got the greatest power in all the universe dwelling inside you. Yeah. The power to overcome, the power to walk victoriously, the power to know, to enlarge your territory, the, the power to just discover new heights or new levels and new discoveries or new um, 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 endeavors, if you will. You, you've, got, you've got it. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to go a little bit, delve in a little bit deeper with respect to that. Uh, Acts 1.8, most of us know that by heart. That's a verse um, that was... The church of Jesus Christ was waiting in the upper room. About 120 disciples and, and believers were waiting because Jesus says, go and tarry until I come and until I uh, uh, give you another comforter. So Jesus says in John 16, it's important that I leave because Jesus was corporally living here on this earth and he could only be there, I mean, one place at one time. And so he says, it's important for, I, for me to leave so that I will send another helper or a comforter, or an advocate, and he will do incredible things because it'll be the God in your heart. So the one Acts 1, 8 says, but you shall receive power. He's telling this to the church, to all of us. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. You will tell your story. I will give you power when you receive the Holy Spirit to tell your story, to tell, uh, to share your, your life, your heart, uh, to do it in a way that, uh, that uh, transmits 
transmits or conveys a sense of propriety, a sense of power, a sense of conviction, where the Holy Spirit takes an ordinary person, a mere mortal, and brings about and gives you anointing or grace or favor to witness uh, and not just your testimony, but to witness what God has done or to witness through God or about God to someone else to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In many, many ways, the Great Commission uh, blends here with the great empowerment. How many say amen? Jesus says, go ye therefore. And then here he says, I'm not going to send you without ammunition. I'm going to send you with power, with authority, with grace, with favor. How many say amen? Yes. See, it's through this promised power of the Holy Spirit that every believer can have certainty that you've been attracted, you've been called by God. So none of us has, have enough wisdom, strength, uh, uh, intuition, or witness, if you will, to call ourselves to God. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the work of the Holy Spirit from the get-go that attracted you, that, that brought you awareness, that brought you conviction, that convinced you of your sins to bring you to the person of Jesus Christ. It is the, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit that brings redemption. So Jesus died on the cross, but it's the Holy Spirit that brings redemption. How many say amen? He redeems you from your past, your presence, and your future sins. Redemption. It is the Holy Spirit that can bring you infilling. Uh, the infilling of his presence or his power. It is the Holy Spirit that brings the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is the Spirit of God that anoints you and capacitates you, gives you like uh, extraordinary powers like he did Samson in the Old Testament. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit became, came upon Samson, King David, the Holy Spirit. How do you think that a mere mortal, a mere man can defeat or kill a lion? And the Bible says that he took a lion and or, or a bear and he tore him apart like if he was a baby goat like a baby goat that's like impossible like impossible unless you have supernatural power like like a strength beyond your own ordinary strength and see that was emblematic that what happened Paul says what happened in the Old Testament in many times is just emblematic uh, it, is, it is so that you could see a physical picture of what happens in reality or, or in our spiritual world. So just like David or uh, Samson or other men like Elijah, the Spirit of God came upon Elijah and he ran faster than a, chi than a chariot or a, a Maserati, if you will. Like, like he ran faster. So they received endowment, empowerment uh, physically where you and I can receive it physically as well. I probably already have it since I was a kid, but that's a difference. Thank you very much. Uh, but, but, but spiritually, all of a sudden you have augmentation. You have enlargement. Uh, you've been amplified. Your ability to sense and to see and discern and to speak has been magnified. By who? By the person and the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. That is what makes you and I different than every other um, uh, human uh, on the face of this earth. Is that every believer has been endued, has been endowed, has been given. The person, the presence, the power, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit walks with you, alongside with you, and in you. How many say amen? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
And, and then not only the, the power to be filled and anointed, but to be sealed, sealed and sanctified by the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, up there, if you help me, the one thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life is empower you in all these areas, in your, especially your mind and your capacity. Up there, he wants to reveal you. Uh, he wants to reveal to you God's thoughts, the Holy Spirit. Uh, brings about God's thoughts. So that the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. It, just imagine that. And the heart of God. Uh, God's ethos. God's feelings. You can sense them through God himself. Through the Holy Spirit. He wants to guide you to all truth. And reassure you uh, of your future blessings to come. That's the work. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He gives you an insight into the future. That's why every believer should get excited about getting or drawing closer, identifying those, these promises uh, of the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as we describe them here, uh, as this sermon unfolds, the Holy Spirit is your strength in your weakest moments. Uh, while you continuously, continually intercede uh, to our Father. Paul says, uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7, that there are different spirits in this world. There are different spirits that can bring you down, uh, that will tear you apart, especially jealousy, envy, hatred, anger, spirits that, that come in that are toxic. Uh, also, but especially the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear basically glorifies the enemy. The spirit of fear augments the re, uh, the, your troubles. It actually makes a god of your trouble. Uh, because when you put your troubles ahead or on top, or, or it, it induces you fear. Basically, God says, you shall not have any other gods before me. Including this specter of fear that makes you like, like get stuck and be paralyzed. So 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given you, uh, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's a different spirit. That's a different spirit of fear or of timidity. But I've given you the spirit of what? Say it with me. Power. Say it with me. Power. And God has given us the spirit of love. That means you can overcome hatred. You can overcome your pain and people that have hurt you. Because the Holy Spirit has come to give you the spirit of love. Uh, to go beyond the divisions that, and the strife that some of us grew up in our homes. And man, you could love somebody that before you used to hate. And all of a sudden you put yourself in his shoes. And the Holy Spirit gives you the capacity to give you power. Uh, a spirit of power. A spirit of love. And then people, men especially, and women. I've seen some women fly off the handle. Uh, and the spirit of self-control. Say it with me. Self-control. That is God in you. That is the Spirit of God. How many say amen? Um, so uh, the, the Holy Spirit. So how does the Holy Spirit empower you? So how does the Holy Spirit up there help me empower you? So he sanctifies you. The Holy Spirit comes to your life and he makes you proper. That's what sanctification is. Not, it's not like holier than thou. It's just he comes and he works inside you and he puts propriety. So propriety and sanctification is like, like bringing things to order. The reason a lot of us are in trouble is because your life is a chaos. It's chaotic and out of order. The Holy Spirit will put things in order in your heart and in your mind. How many say amen? Sanctification. Sanctification is putting things in order. It's propriety. And also the Holy Spirit empowers your freedom of choice. Now, is that up here? Yes. So all of us, there's nobody here is a robot. Nobody here came today because, you know, you were forced. Well, maybe you were forced. My mom would make me, even when I was 30, uh, she would make me go to church. That's because I live with her. And my mom had a rule, if you live in my house, everybody goes to church on Sunday. How many is it? So we brought the cats, the dogs, and the pets. Everybody in my mom's house went to church. So, so watch this. He sanctifies. But this is, I love the Holy Spirit. He empowers 
uh, your freedom of choice to be in keeping with God's will for your life. So God is not going to make you and force you to do anything. But the Holy Spirit will bring about and says, what are you doing? Don't go that way. Go this way. The Holy Spirit, to some of you, convicted you this morning. says, go to church. Um, go to church. And that's why you're here today. He says, something. Because there's all of us. All of us have options. But sometimes the Holy Spirit, God allows trouble, 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 trouble to, to have you feel like, man, I need help. I need help. I need help. And the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. But I love the fact that he empowers um, your freedom of choice to, to be in keeping, to walk in keeping, in line with God's will for your life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Because this flesh doesn't want anything to do with God. My mind, my flesh doesn't want God. But the Holy Spirit inside the believer says, uh, it, it, there's a yearning, there's a, there's a, there's a movement, there's a, uh, this, this unfolding, this, this desire uh, to please our Heavenly Father, which resides in you through the person of the Holy Spirit. How many say amen? amen. The Holy Spirit comes alongside to reveal God's will and empower your life to be effective in, it, and in the different roles as dad or mom, in your job, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a, a, a member, a family, a son, a daughter. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you to reveal his will, not just his will, but his power uh, for you to be effective in everything that God has called you to do, in every capacity, in your relationships, in your resources, and your responsibilities, the Holy Spirit is there to help. How many say amen? amen. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working. Say it with me. For God is working uh, in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God is working. God, the Spirit of God, is working in you. Giving you both the desire and the power to do, to accomplish what pleases God. Uh, in the NIV or the New King James Version says, for it is God. Say it with me. Uh, for it is God. Do you have it up there or no? Maybe not. For it is God who works in you both the will and the to-do. In other words, the fact that you had a, a moment of creativity, you had the desire to move on, to finish college, to start a business, to start all over, uh, that, that desire, that component of that will comes from the Spirit of God that lives in you. The desire, the, 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 the will, and the to-do um, uh, to accomplish something for God's glory and God's purpose. The Amplified Bible says, For it is not your strength, and it is not you, but God, by His Spirit, say by His Spirit, who effectively is working in you, uh, both to, to will and to work. Um, and that means uh, strengthening, energizing, creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill and walk uh, in accordance to God's purpose for your life. How many say amen? amen? So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Just theologically speaking, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. There's just one God. We don't serve three gods. We serve one God. That God is composed just like similarly to you and me. Behind, be, that You are a spirit with a soul in a body. How many say amen? amen. So you are a spirit with a soul that thinks and, and wanders and ponders and feels uh, in this body. Uh, and so God is a triune God, one God in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And But the Holy Spirit has been his assignment. All of them have a function or an essential assignment uh, because they're, they're perfect harmony. They're a perfect harmony. They're one. And that's to engage you. 
so that you're not static, so that you don't come and just you're born again, you go to heaven and nothing gets accomplished in between. Uh, nothing, uh, for in some of our lives, nothing gets accomplished of eternal consequence in between. So God wants to engage you through his spirit, then equip you, and then empower every believer for the work of the ministry. Here's some of the basics about the Holy Spirit. Number one, if you have your outlines here, I am going to uh, basically, um, uh, um, I'm going to compilate a little bit uh, last week's message that, that was preached in some of our, our, our campuses and uh, conjugate it. I'm going to conjugate it with this week's message as well. And I'm going to do two in one. And that takes a really special pastor to give, be able to give you two messages in one sermon. All right. So number one, uh, so the Holy Spirit is a person. So right there in your outline, he's a person. Uh, he's a person that knows you and you can know him as a person. He's a person that has feelings. He's a person that, that can be worshiped talked to, uh, interacted with, because the Holy Spirit has its own individual consciousness and awareness, and he, he is God inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the third person, uh, and with his presence, he brings demonstrable power. Not just presence, not just a feeling. The Holy Spirit is not just a, an outside power. He's a person that brings uh, you assurance of who he is. The Holy Spirit can be entreated. He can be called upon. The Holy Spirit can be pleased. In the Bible, uh, we know that the Holy Spirit can be grieved because he's a person. Only a person can take something, can take personal umbrage or offense uh, at a lifestyle, at something you did, something you said, uh, someone you, uh, the Holy Spirit can be resisted. The Holy Spirit can be um, offended. He can take offense in the Bible and the Holy Spirit can be quenched. Uh, in the earlier service, I, I shared that, that, you know, I was leading worship at a church uh, sometime years when I was a younger uh, person. There was a rule that a certain time or a certain during the service or before the service, you couldn't do any more worship. We wanted people to pray. I kept working on some notes and some just some arrangements with a group. Uh, and so one of the uh, uh, ushers or no, he was a deacon, took offense or said, hey, you know, it's already 530. No more practice. And, and, you know, he was probably in the flesh. And then when he said it, okay, I said, okay, guys, let's finish up. Maybe two, three minutes later, he comes back and, and he says, hey, so, 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 you know, you guys get to break the rules. And then he told me personally, because you're Saul Gonzalez, you think you can break the rules. And then the Holy Spirit left me. Okay, you're not with me. Just, just all of a sudden, there was no more Holy Spirit. A different spirit. <laughs> and so I, I kind of retorted, you know, pow, pow, pow. So we both had guns. He had guns, I had guns. So it was like, pow, 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 pow. Right, just a quick exchange. I send him to go see the pastor, and then immediately my first thought was, uh, that, that'll show him, right? I showed him. And then the Holy Spirit immediately comes and convicts me and says, Saul, you didn't win this argument. You lost. You lost. Um, and, and I'm grieved. And I'm grieved. And I, I want to just stop there for a little bit because sometimes up there, if you help me, Ephesians 4.30, uh, a lot of us, uh, by way of our lifestyle and our, uh, our activities, your attitude, our attitude and your, your actions. I want to say that again. A lot of us, by way of lifestyle choices, decisions that you make that you know you're driving towards somewhere and you know the Holy Spirit says, don't, 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 don't. You're going to give somebody a piece of your mind. You get in the flesh. You get angry. And then you cause damage. And then we all, oftentimes we don't go and fix the damage we, we caused. Yeah. 
So by way of attitude, by way of actions or activities, activities, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit and something. And then beyond grieving, uh, the next step that a lot of us do without wanting or is we quench up there. If you help me. And the Bible says, do not quench, do not quench or extinguish the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God through our actions, our activities and our, um, our attitudes. And so when, when I felt convicted, I immediately thought when I I was that evening, I said, I'm going to see him. And I just couldn't get to it to talk to him. And then the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to talk to him at church because I thought also maybe on our Wednesday service, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go. I want you to, to go to his house where he is master and King. And I want you to knock that door and I want you to see, I want you to go and I want you to apologize to him. See that very next week. And I was going to go speak at a, at a, at a conference. And I felt that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and says, if you don't fix this, you're on your own. When you go preach, you're on your own. Like good luck. I felt that in my heart because he's a person because no one of us, none of us are going to be stand there, stand there, get insulted, be grieved by somebody and then give them your blessing. Son, daughter, family don't matter. So, so, so a lot of us, I want everybody to have the Holy Spirit put a check in your heart right now. Is there something you're doing, an activity, an action, an attitude? Are, are you engaged in some kind of conflict, uh, in some kind of uh, a feud with somebody in your family? Have you been hurt and not been able to forgive? Or you've hurt somebody back and you, and, and you know in your heart, you know that the Holy Spirit is convicting you to make things right, to pick up that phone, to humble yourself, to ask for forgiveness. And for me, it was like the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go to this person's house. He was the deacon of the church. And I want you, and I want you to go and I, be, I beg God, God, forgive me. Can I give him a call? Right? Can, can I see him at church? And the Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to go to his house. And I went to his house and I, I went around that block eight times, uh, like a lot of times, just, just trying to get released from God. And so I parked in his parking, uh, in his parking space there. And I asked God because I, I didn't, I was obeying God because I did not walk. I did not want to walk without the Holy spirit, but not because I wanted to. So nothing in my flesh wanted me, wanted to ask for forgiveness. So we had had it out and my guns were bigger. (laughs) Never mind. That's the flesh. See the spirit, just the Holy spirit left me and now it's going to come right back. I'm being facetious. And I didn't want to, but I valued the person, the relationship with the Holy Spirit more than my pride. My pride had to go because pride and the Spirit of God don't walk together. God resists the proud. The Spirit of God resists the proud, but he gives grace. He honors. He promotes the humble. So the Word of God says, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So you humble. That's a choice you make that the Holy Spirit empowers you to walk in line with his will. That's, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit of God can bring about conviction. And then he gives you the will. And only the Holy Spirit can give you the umph, the power to do, to accomplish, to get her done. To follow through when, when everything in your being, everything, every fiber in your being says no. Your pride says no. I won't humble my, I will not ask for forgiveness. He started it or she started it. 
And yet that relationship with the Holy Spirit is so vital, so essential, so indispensable that how do you dare live life uh, while the Holy Spirit is grieved through because of a sin or sinful lifestyle or an attitude or an action or an activity that you know uh, brings dishonor to the God you serve. So there I am finally knocking at that door. This is a true story, 100% authentic. So when he opens the door, he, uh, he, he gets frightened. I'm frightened that he's frightened, that I'm frightened. <laughs> like we're both like, we just like, it was just a couple of days ago. It was intense. It was terrible for both of us. And so he staggers a little bit and says, and I said, brother Guzman, is if it's okay with you, I'd like to come into your house and just for a couple of minutes. And he says, come on in. So we go in and immediately I say, I apologize. I want, I know I've offended. I felt like the Holy Spirit got grieved and you were in your right. That was a rule that you were just enforcing. I apologize. I took, and I say this sincerely, I took full, uh, uh, onus for that. And so as I was apologizing, he didn't want me to keep going. He says, no, I want to apologize. And I said, go ahead. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, no, just go right ahead. I didn't say that. That's, so we were like both apologizing, interrupting each other because the Holy Spirit that convicted me convicts all of us. There are no, there are no innocent parties when we, when we step over the line. No innocent parties. It happens between wife and husband oftentimes. It happens between brother and brother, sister and sister, friends and people in the community. It happens even in life groups. You're there, you're having a conversation. Somebody says something that just crosses you the wrong way. And then our flesh makes us go in spaces and do things that does not bring honor. And there I am. And just saying, you know, I, I, and though we're asking each other for forgiveness. And I said, Brother Guzman, this weekend I, I go preach at a conference. I dare not go without the blessing of the Holy Spirit. In order to have the blessing, the peace of the Holy Spirit, I need your blessing. Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And he begins to weep and pray. And, and, and if anybody knew Brother Guzman, some of you might, he's very um, uh, eloquent. And he begins to pray this prayer, this blessing. And, and as a result, we hugged, um, we became friends. Years passed. We always were friends. We always had this mutual respect. It's like two guys that get in a fight and that it was even. Okay. And those guys, like girls, like women, like no way ever, ever. No, stop. No. The women with a fight is different with women. They remember forever and ever and ever. If guys get in a fight, boom, boom, you shake hands at the end, the better man won or it was tied and it's a different story. And if that is a stereotype, Holy Spirit, forgive me. <laughs> but I said it anyway, and it's too late, and I'm not taking it back. I'm just <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> Friends, just mutual respect. He, um, God calls him to start a church, and Wasco is, is very prosperous. God blessed him. Um, about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago or so, um, he was diagnosed with cancer. He comes and sees me here and says, Saul, we're just, and he says, God showed me a vision. This is before we, we were called Cornerstone back then, whenever. And he says, God showed me a vision about this church. 
And he says, I saw a circle, and in that circle I saw an L and an H. I had no idea what L and H meant, and I was, we were both like talking in Spanish. And so, and so later on, this church becomes Lifehouse, right? L-H, Lifehouse. He says, but they were together, Pastor. And there was like, like green. It was just like, like flourishing. It was expanding. And, and uh, so I said, brother, at the time, I go, brother, uh, it was mine, Robert, his name. I, I go, I don't know what this means, but I'll, 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 I'll receive it like from the Lord. If God showed you in a vision, in a dream, I'll receive it. So he says, Pastor, when God takes me, I like for the Wasco Church. It was called Esperanza and Restoration, uh, Hope and Restoration. I'd like for you to become the pastor of that church. That's before we even that we had the idea that one day we would be have satellites. That's what we. But but God just just begins to unfold a model. Now I don't want anyone to die for your church to be our church, but let God's will be done. Sorry, sorry, that was terrible. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> but I said it anyway, and I'm going to stick to that uh, line of the story, that line of thinking. Point is, is that, is that God called them home, and that's how we ended up with Wasco, a lifehouse. How many say amen? amen? It was the Holy Spirit that orchestrated. Let's give God glory. Let's give God glory. So. So do not quench, don't quench, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, that is the difference. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker in your life. Uh, the Holy Spirit was there from the beginning in the Old Testament. When there was chaos, there was darkness, the Holy Spirit hovered, moved upon the waters. How many remember that? How many say amen? The Holy Spirit helped mankind, restore mankind when man fell. It was the Holy Spirit that would come upon the life of a Samson and gave him supernatural strength, or David, and gave him supernatural strength. And it was the Holy Spirit who orchestrated uh, the prophets that spoke that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit would come upon men and women, and they would become, and the Holy Spirit would help them write and see visions, uh, whether it was the minor prophets, the major prophets, Isaiah, just the, it was the Holy Spirit. How many say Amen. Uh, because with the Holy Spirit, you're never alone. So number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. Number two, in your, note, in your notes, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God in me. It's right here. It's God in me. This is very important. And it, and it is God with me. And the Holy Spirit is God for me. The scripture says, if God be for me, come on people, who? Who can be against me, right? Who? If God is for me. Like there is no enemy. I mean, it's done. It's settled. So this is God. The Holy Spirit is God in me. It is God with me. Uh, paracletes or paracletos. Uh, he is God for me. And then he is God working through me. He is God that works through me. The Holy Spirit is God. I want you to see a verse that just highlights that. Uh, and that's 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It says, do you not know that your body, your body is what? The temple of? Help me. The, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right there. Your body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is what? Can you say that with me? Who is in you? I mean, that is. Can you give the Lord a clap offering right there? Because, man, the Holy Spirit, pop, the greatest power in the universe. He is in you. 
He's not hovering. He's not like in the Old Testament of old. God would just uh, rest upon them and he would lift up his spirit. Uh, but now you get to have the Holy Spirit residence, take residence in your life 24-7, 365 days a year. Through your lifetime, Jesus says, Lo, I am with you all the days. All the days of your life until the ends of the world I am with you. Even when you die, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is with you. Uh, even when you die, you never cease to be in the presence of God Almighty because you are an immortal. The Holy Spirit makes you an immortal. You cannot die. You only transition from this life to the next life, which is life eternal. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering one more time. You are not your own. You are not your own. For you have received the Spirit of God. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. That means don't let your body go anywhere. Do anything that does not glorify God. Don't take something. Don't smoke something. Don't drink anything that does not glorify God. Ask yourself, does this bring peace? Is it peaceable? Is it edified? Does it sanctify? And does it glorify God? Number three, uh, the Holy Spirit is my helper, my advocate. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Um, and and um, uh, John 16, 7. Um, he's my ever-present partner. The Holy Spirit is my friend. He's my associate. He's my coach. Um, and uh, this says, John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, For if I do not go away, the helper, another version says the advocate, the comforters, another version says the comforter will not come uh, to you, but if I depart, Jesus is saying, I will send him to you. How many say amen? The word here is parakletos, uh, parakletos. And the, the word that is used here in the Greek uh, means one who comes alongside, one who aids, one who pleads your case, uh, one who defends you, one who speaks on your behalf, one who gives you advice, counsel, uh, and intercedes for you. That is an awesome word, parakletos, uh, in Jesus' name. Number four, the Holy Spirit is my teacher. This is really, really important because there are teachers and then there's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there are normal teachers, regular folks that try to interpret and help and, and bring about some knowledge or some, some, some enlargement, some growth. And then there is the Holy Spirit that he can teach you things, show you things. Uh, so Jeremiah says, I want you to call unto me. I want you to call I call to me. I want you to pray. I want you to cry out to me. And, and I will answer you. And I will show you things that are awesome, that are difficult, that are mysterious. Things that you do not know if you call on me. How many say amen? amen. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will teach you, will, will guide you into all truth. He says, um, 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 John 14, 26. Uh, he, Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. He will teach you what? All things. He will teach you all things. He will teach you how to get along. He will teach you how to, how to foment, how to foster healthy relationships. That's where a lot of us stumble. Our pride, our pride, our pride, my pride gets in the way all the time. Uh, but the Holy Spirit will teach you and says, hey, calm down. Hey, hey, humble yourself. The Holy Spirit will teach you what to say, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. The Holy Spirit will tell you, not right now. She's mad. Okay, no. Never mind. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you, that God has spoken to you. How many say amen? Number five, the Holy Spirit is my guide. 
the Holy Spirit is my guide. All of us need a chirpa, a spiritual chirpa. What's a chirpa? It's like something you drink. No, no, no. A chirpa is like the, the folks that climb Mount Everest. Do you know that even the best climbers, even the best of the best climbers, they hire chirpas. They're people that have been there before. They are native to that, to that element. They, they know where and what to do. And the, most, most people would never make the summit without a chirpa. So the Holy Spirit is better than a Sherpa. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and show you and, and hold you. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered. The Holy Spirit will have you start your starts and your steps and your stops are ordered of the Lord. Um, so the Holy Spirit is my guide. And um, John 13, 16, uh, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what, um, what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, about the future. The last thing I want you to just write down is number six, uh, that um, he is my source. The Holy Spirit is my source of courage, my source of strength and power. He's my source of courage. Sometimes we have all the knowledge we need. As a matter of fact, we have more knowledge than what we need a lot of times. We just lack the courage the courage to pick up the phone, to, to go into your next job, to say, God, I'm ready for a promotion. I'm going to talk to my boss um, and, or I'm going to talk to my family or I'm going to go and, and confess. I'm going to, the courage, the courage, the courage, and then the strength, because there's weakness in all of us. There's weakness only until you rely on the Holy Spirit. Only until the Holy Spirit, you allow the Holy Spirit to step in. And not only the courage, the weakness, but then the power to get her done. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you bow your heads? The power to get it done. The power to move forward. The power to start all over again. And some of us need to hit that reset button in our relationships with God, with others. Maybe you've staggered, you've stumbled, uh, and you've stagnated along the way. Maybe along the way, you know you've hurt people or people have hurt you and you're wounded. You came in today because the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit brought you to his house today. I sense it. I sense it with every fiber of my being that God, for such a time as this, is doing a work at Lifehouse. Can you see the vision? Can you see yourself right now leading a small group? A small group. We'll help you with the curriculum. We'll help you with encouragement, with the training, or maybe to be part, to co-join a group. Here, the next month, uh, launching in September with God's help. Can you see yourself being used of God? Like, like just like allowing the Holy Spirit to bring healing to your emotions. Allowing the Holy Spirit to bring about a sense of peace instead of a chaos and disorder. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, to lead you, to walk along God's will, which is humility. Humility. Those that humble. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt you in due time. He will exalt you. Uh, he will promote you. He will bless you. He will enlarge you. He will capacitate you. Um, the Holy Spirit will empower you uh, to be effective. Um, and especially in our relationships and in our management of resources. Father, I pray. I thank you for your presence. I sense, I sense, I sense your presence. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me for falling short. I ask you to forgive me in the company of this great host of men and women that we call Lifehouse. I confess my shortcomings. I confess, Lord, my need of you and 
and forgive me if, if this church or myself has been cause for anyone to take umbrage. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me. We want your blessing more than life itself. Your mercy is better than life. Your mercy is better than life. We love and we need to have the Holy Spirit walk in harmony and in concert with, with your will for our lives. And so we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. Everyone here in this house, oh God, we take responsibility for our failures. We take personal responsibility for our shortcomings, our sins. Those sins, Father, that have offended you, that have come against your best will and word for our lives. And I pray, I pray, I pray that you give us the wherewithal, the spiritual wherewithal, and the withedness, the inside, the internal fortitude to say, I want to walk in keeping with God's will, and the Holy Spirit can help me make that a reality. If you're here today and you don't have the the confidence that you're born again. You can't say, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm born again. If that's you and you want to have the Holy Spirit walk with you and be your helper and your guide and your teacher, right now would you slip up your hand and you say, Pastor, I want to make sure I receive the Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Man, I see hands everywhere up there. Thank you. In that balcony, thank you guys for raising your hands right here in this first floor. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for raising your hand back there and saying, Pastor, I want to make sure I'm born again, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Because the minute, the moment you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Teacher, the Master, uh, your Guide, your strength, your source of strength and courage just steps right in and takes residence in your life. Church, would you help me say this simple prayer? Everyone, but especially those of you that raise your hands right now in Jesus' name, would you say this prayer and mean it with your heart? Everyone say, Lord Jesus, Savior of my soul, Captain of my heart, change me, forgive me, be my Savior. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Take residence. Be my counselor my teacher and my helper and the power in my life to get it done. For the glory of God, to the glory of God, thank you, Jesus Christ, for being my Savior. In Jesus' name and God's people say, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Let's give the Lord a clap. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.